Hi, this is Keith Kefchin, and you're listening to Dollars and Drivers, a podcast that allows leaders an outlet to discuss what drives them and their distinct way of succeeding in life and business. Hello, and welcome back to Dollars and Drivers. Today, we're going to be speaking with Keith Space, longtime friend and recent addition to the Fort Hospitality Group. Uh, he talks very eloquently about COVID, how they were immediately impacted, but that by having a very well-defined client base and a very focused decision-making process that they were able to overcome and in some cases even go beyond where they had been prior to COVID. Look forward to a long and interesting conversation with Keith Space. Hey, Keith, how are you? Good, Keith. How are you doing? Good. So I'm not going to take a lot of your time. I I thought uh, we would just really have a talk like we were doing the other day. Again, what you were explaining, I thought was quite interesting, and I'm sure our listeners would be very interested as well. And that is your strategy and circumstances around your response to COVID. So if you could maybe back up to March of this year, what happened and how did you think it was going to affect your business and what happened in the ensuing months? Okay. So it was, I think, an incredibly stressful time for everybody. So many things were unfolding so quickly that it really will be documented in textbooks for decades to come, both the COVID pandemic as well as the various responses to that. And you know, one of the things that most attracted me to Fort Hospitality, and you obviously know quite a bit about Fort, was that their assets were incredibly homogenous, meaning they were at the absolute highest end of the luxury market. And so we had the good fortune of having a very well-defined client base. And unlike so many companies out there, whether it's ownership groups or asset managers or property managers that have uh, assets at all levels of the market, we knew our customer, we knew them well, and it allowed us to be very focused in our decision-making. And we have a great partner in Four Seasons. They were incredibly methodical in their approach to their lead with care program. And it sort of dovetailed right along Fort Partners' thoughts on how to best approach the process and our assets within the market. Do you think that your assets being both transient hotel and residential from a strategic point of view, did that help in all of this? Did it hurt? How did it affect your business model? No, it absolutely helped for sure. In large part, as people were learning about COVID and and how to manage COVID and what was safe and what wasn't, having a condo or you know a hotel residence to stay in for long periods of time was an absolute plus. And we were able to really maximize that, both in the ability to provide our clients what they were looking for, but also providing a certain level of stability for our staffing. We knew these units were occupied because people were making three and four month reservations. 
Got it. And I'm just thinking about, at the time, food and beverage offerings, restaurants closing. How did you folks propose or deal with the issue of potentially having to serve those customers' meals? Well, I will say that, you know, at the Surf Club, we have both Four Seasons and Surf Club Restaurant, which is operated by the Thomas Keller team. They responded incredibly well. They put together menus that were, again, focused on quality. They continued to use the absolute freshest of ingredients, and they were preparing daily meals for our guests and residents that could be picked up and reheated in the comfort of their home. It was safe, it was secure, sanitary. And within a matter of days, the Thomas Keller team was doing over 100 meals a day, you know, in a delivery style fashion. This is going to sound pretty mundane, but how did people pay for those kinds of services that they usually wouldn't have been paying for? Everything got set up online. Are you talking about within the hotel environment? No, just in general. I'm just thinking they were doing 100 boxed meals or whatever it might be. That's correct. Uh, were they running that like a restaurant you know, credit card or were they doing no. weekly deals? Or No, no, no. Everything was done online. Everything was, was individualized. Again, in the case of the Thomas Keller team, you would order on top and they had a very specific pickup window and you would pay and process. And it was incredible. I mean, they really did an amazing job. I was so impressed. And everybody that used the service, both at the hotel and through the Surf Club restaurant, they were able to easily identify that this was a quality approach to the pandemic. This was not something where people were running scared. These were organizations that knew their, their client base knew the needs, and were able to deliver in a very short period of time. Whose standards of cleanliness, uh, COVID response, and so forth superseded water? Was it a real team effort? It sounds like you had at it least three parties. It was an incredible parties. team effort. No, it was okay. a real team effort. I have to say, we spoke, you know, the teams spoke regularly for, like I said, four seasons rolled out their lead with care program uh, very quickly. It was, I have to say, for both the hotel and the, the restaurant team, their standard sanitary processes were well above what we expected for COVID anyway. You know, the, the mask and some instances, the gloves were sort of new. You know, that was a new part of our service PPE. But Beyond that, that part was easily absorbed, the the sanitation component. Again, you generally resort tight assets, so larger footprint, more property. How did you use, let's say, your lesser used or broader footprint as an asset to maybe a hotel that is in a city and goes straight up? Oh, I mean, we leveraged that immediately. One of the things that we recognized at the beginning of the pandemic is having this sort of very singular client base. We actually invested in our properties and accelerated our CapEx program where we were focused on, we expanded all of our dining options to add additional seating outdoors, uh, to add additional seating in low traffic 
areas where people could sit comfortably. We developed every aspect of the outdoor guest experience in every way imaginable. And so we actually had quite a few projects back in March and April that we were trying to get done that were delayed merely because of closures and less due to our desire not to get them done. But we then leveraged that entire idea that we were able to have plenty of uh, lounge chairs that were six feet apart. And, uh, you know, we have a thousand feet of beach frontage here at Surf Club. We have nine acres for, uh, you know, 104 rooms and 100 residences, basically. So we absolutely took advantage of that immediately. I think in our previous conversation, you were telling me about a particular client that made an offer to your Palm Beach property where they just took it over. Uh, Could you explain how that happened? Yeah. So, you know, that was one of those things that, again, developed day by day almost where we had a client, Citadel, the ownership group of, of Citadel was thinking about just coming down and bringing a, a group of executives back in March, in early March, when you know things were really heating up in, in New York. And you know, the conversation quickly went from you know seven days to 30 days to 90 days in a, a very short period of time. And uh, again, I, you know, I, I give a tremendous amount of of kudos to the Four Seasons team and the Palm Beach team. They upped the ante at every opportunity where first they wanted 30 rooms and then, uh, you know, they didn't want to be commingled with other people. So we talked about getting them a wing and then a wing turned into two wings and two wings turned into a true sanitized COVID-free bubble where uh, Citadel's executives moved in, uh, the, the hotel team moved in, uh, everybody lived on site, everybody was tested, everybody was quarantined, uh, so we knew that everyone was COVID-free. And then Citadel wound up converting the meeting room into a, a trading floor and began to maintain business as usual uh, you know, through the, the absolute worst of covid and uh, from one of the articles that I read in, uh, I think it was Bloomberg, uh, because of COVID and because of the volatility back in March and April, Citadel saw their trading volume spike by almost double. Wow. And I think a big part of their ability to handle that was this idea that uh, we were able to move in an incredibly entrepreneurial way and get them set up. Uh, they moved equally as quickly and, uh, three months turned into nine months and, uh, they're still there. Yeah. Here we are nine months later and, and they're still with us. Yeah. So, so you guys uh, invented, potentially invented the bubble. The NBA gets a lot of hype and kudos for the bubble that they had created in Orlando, but it sounds like you guys were doing that earlier to great success. Yeah. And, and again, uh, you know, the, the partnership with Four Seasons, uh, they, they get a lot of credit as well. Um, the medical team 
that handled the bubble for the Four Seasons Midtown, where Ty Warner had to close it, and they converted it to uh, uh, staffing, you know, for frontline workers uh, in an effort to ease some of the the demand that the frontline workers had, not wanting to go back to their families, not knowing sort of right. what was happening, et cetera. Uh, so they had a lot of the the medical support and 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 technical data on what was necessary um, to to make it happen. Did you and have it, to hire, or did did uh, Citadel have to hire its own medical team? I'm thinking of yeah, about absolutely. Bubble, you know, so there are... was yes, yes, yes. So there was uh, you know a first rate the entire way. Um, you know, there was a doctor on staff. Uh, he had a nurse on staff that handled all of the all of the the testing and making sure that all of the necessary uh, health uh, uh, sort of protocols needed to uh, that needed to take place took place, and that uh, it was a truly sanitized uh, bubble, and and that was maintained. You know, for the last nine months and it's given both obviously us as as ownership uh four seasons as a management company citadel as a trading group it it's given us all a, a real sort of uh a shot in the arm in the ability to you know we were able to keep our staff employed uh, citadel was able to service its its customers you know four seasons was was able to leverage its expertise in this arena and potentially replicate it in other places. What about families? I mean, in the NBA, families couldn't come. So LeBron and all the famous folks uh, were really in a true bubble. Uh, were families invited? In the beginning, families came down. You know, the kids were homeschooled, as, as you know, back in the back in the spring. And uh, the the Four Seasons team set up a, a study room for homeschooling. They set up a game room for the kids. Uh, so they, you know, they took a couple of rooms out of order and uh, tried to do their best to accommodate the the overnight long term stay uh, scenario that everyone was faced with. Right. Wow. And then what about nannies and so forth? I think about New York life. Uh, I don't think so any nannies were there. Okay. I have to check with the hotel team. I do not believe nannies came down, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, but the hotel staff uh, sounds like became the equivalent of. Yeah, I mean the uh, all of the staff. Yep, all of the staff that that served the the Citadel team, uh, they were quarantined right alongside the the, the Citadel families, and uh, they did leave their families behind. And, you know, they moved into the hotel for the same period of time. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's a heck of a story. Uh, still playing out. What are, yep. What What is or isn't changing with, you know, the spike and with the vaccine coming out? What, what, what What's your thinking? What's their thinking? Well, uh, you know, obviously, we all want this to come to an end. And as much as we've enjoyed being able to to house the, the Citadel group. Um, I, I think we all are desperate to go back to some level of, of normalcy and to begin to move forward. So sure. we're all excited 
uh, we're all excited for that to 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 happen and for the the pandemic to to come to an end. Um, and you know we're we're all planning for it uh, accordingly. So as uh, quickly as we can, um, uh, as a country, as a nation, get the the vaccine distributed and to get uh, things uh, handled. Uh, we will um, then work on a on an exit plan for Citadel to transition out and for for the hotel to you know reopen for transient business. I mean, is there any other thing I haven't touched on? Just a totally unexpected benefit or upside to all of this craziness? Anything that comes I, to I think mind? the most bizarre thing for us has been the last minute nature of these giant suites the the that have been booked uh you know we had one suite here at surf club get booked uh i want to say it was like the day before thanksgiving or something at the end of november and uh it wasn't quite a walk-in but it was the closest thing Close you would it. have to a walk-in that was a fifty-three thousand dollar booking i mean it was insane yeah, yeah. i mean revenue management kind of goes out the door per se uh if you you can't see the future at all it, it is pretty exactly amazing. there you know I, and anyone who tried to tell you back in september or october they had any kind of real guidance as to what was going to happen November, December, January. Now, they were either guessing or lying. Uh, I'm not sure which, but uh, you know, we did maintain uh, a focus on quality, a focus on sanitation, a focus on the ability to, to socially distance. Um, and the, the fact that the, the, the assets that we were offering were just absolutely the most pristine. And that, resonated with our client base. We had a tremendous Q4 this year, particularly as, as things sort of heated up uh, around the, the, the country uh, and around the globe for that matter, that um, uh, this was really seen as an oasis. And these, these, these super uh, luxury hotel units were sought after for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I know that uh, has always been part of Nadim Ashi. Uh, Nadim, for listeners, uh, the founder of Fort, uh, he had a very particular and also very focused idea of the marketplace and the customer that he was serving. So I don't think he certainly would have ever thought this was going to happen. This is kind of the black swan of all black swans. But uh, you guys have really turned some corners and done some things that I think are quite unique. Do you think that there's anything within what's happened the last nine and, and plus maybe whatever months moving forward that are going to stay with us? I mean, we all want to get back to normal, but are, are there any, whether it's procedures, policies, thinking, anything that you think is going to stay with us longer term? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a number of things. One of the things that um, uh, was was evolving anyway, Keith, was this idea that um, technology. Uh, once upon a time, the, the 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 use of technology or leaning on technology was not a part of the luxury vernacular. That uh, that you had to have 
you know, five people standing around in, in white gloves for a, a hotel experience to be luxurious. And I think that uh, COVID sort of accelerated this idea that that guests can, you know, interface uh, through technology, be it on a mobile check-in or or through a, a text uh, with staff. And that's going to stay with us for sure. Uh, I do think that this idea uh, of sanitation and and this heightened level of sanitation is going to stick with people for quite a long time. And I think that that is going to be uh, also a big deal. Um, on the the downside of the you know for the travel industry, I also think that while this idea of of distance meetings and Zoom calls and and Microsoft Teams, et cetera, uh, while it's going to put a dent in you know how people travel or how quickly they're willing to to get on a plane, that's going to stay with us too. You know, we realize that we are able to connect, and I think from a, a good you know, perspective. What where I think that's going to help is, is it's going to raise the 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 level of of, of need uh, for a face to face meeting. And so, where you had these road warriors that had to be away from their families for three hundred days a year, you know, maybe they get a dozen days back or 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 ten days back that they can now make that soccer game or make that kid's birthday um, where. There was no chance of that before. So I also think the ability to connect virtually will stay with us as well. Yeah, I just wonder about, you know, meetings in grand ballrooms where people are lined up listening to people on a stage, whether that's going to continue or not, or something more intimate or more experiential meetings uh, will be a part of the future because uh, the, the the pure dissemination of information seems that technology can handle. It's the all the other things that are byproducts of meetings, uh, hanging out yeah, with your I, customers, you know, hang, just yeah. doing the personal stuff that you can't do on Zoom. Look, I think it. I think we go back to it. I think the need to connect in person. We're seeing it now at the end of the year after nine or ten months of COVID. This inability to connect with one another, people need it. It's not a desire. It's not a sort of a casual thing. So I do think we'll get back to that. Do we get back to it in the in the numbers? Uh, I think large groups and conventions, uh, I think those numbers were waning as a result of technology, as a result of uh, people looking for a more customized experience um, in general. But uh, I, I think COVID is going gonna, is gonna to force us to hone our message to make sure that the people who we are uh, inviting to these conferences are the people that we want to be there and really are there and are able to take advantage of what it is we're trying to create. Um, for sure, COVID has, has definitely honed everybody's communication skills. Um, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, why, why don't we leave it there? there? There's obviously so many other ways we could take the conversation, but I, as I said, didn't want to take too much of your time. 
Uh, it's an amazing story. It's a story that's still unfolding in so many ways, but uh, I, I wish you continued success. Please give my regards uh, to Nadim and the team, but it sounds like you guys have done some amazing things with your business partners. Yeah, it was incredible. And obviously, thank you for the opportunity. This was a real treat to to tout a success story that's come out of COVID. So yeah. thanks for that as well. Okay. All the best to you. You too. Take care. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to Dollars and Drivers. Until next time, this is Keith Kefchen signing off.